Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to make marketing, money, and mindset your superpowers. Because the world needs more women taking up more space. And together, we can do this through growing our businesses, our platforms, and our communities. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, a business coach and speaker based in Melbourne, Australia. Twice a week, you'll hear honest, insightful conversations with my guests, along with a dose of real talk from me. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Emily Osmond. And now, let's get into the show. Emma Isaacs is the founder and global CEO of Business Chicks, a business owner by the age of 18, property investor by 19, and self-made millionaire by 23, Emma Isaacs has entrepreneurship and achievement in her DNA. As founder of Business Chicks, a thriving global community that operates on two continents in 11 cities, her team produces more than 100 events annually, with past speakers including Sir Richard Branson, Sarah Jessica Parker, Diane von Furstenberg, Kate Hudson, and Ariana Huffington, among many others. Emma is also the author of the best-selling book, Winging It, and a mother to six kids aged 12 years and under. In 2020, Emma live-streamed the home birth of her sixth child from her living room with tens of thousands of viewers tuning in to watch his peaceful arrival. And as a committed philanthropist, Emma has raised more than $13 million for various charities. Today marks the official release day of Emma's second book called The New Hustle. I sat down with Emma to record this episode, discussing what exactly this new way of working looks like. We explored finding our purpose by thinking versus finding our purpose by doing. When to make the call when something just isn't working how our fear of pissing people off can keep us in situations that we don't want to be in anymore. Learning to drown out the voices and doubts of others to trust ourselves. And what leadership looks like to Emma. Now, I have five copies of this book, The New Hustle, to give away to listeners. So for a chance to win, either take a screenshot of this episode right now as you're listening or take a screenshot of the beautiful episode artwork that you'll find on my Instagram feed at Emily Osmond. Then go ahead and share that to your Instagram stories or post it on your Instagram feed and make sure that you tag me at Emily Osmond along with Emma at Emma Isaacs and Business Chicks at Business Chicks. You'll then go in the draw and the five winners will be drawn at random from these entries on the 14th of September. And we'll let you know that you've won via Instagram. So go ahead, take a screenshot of the episode artwork or as you're listening, share it to your Instagram and then go ahead and tag myself, Emma and Business Chicks. I cannot wait to see the entries and I can't wait to be sending you your copy of this incredible book. By the way, it is now on sale. So If you don't want to wait to find out if you're a winner, I absolutely recommend that you go ahead, search for it online, order yourself a copy and dig into the new hustle. Now, without further ado, let's bring on Emma Isaacs to the show. Emma, thank you so much for being here today. 
Oh, thanks for inviting me on. I'm super excited for our chat. It's awesome. Well, first of all, congratulations on your second book. I absolutely loved winging it. And I have just finished actually this morning on my Kindle in bed. I was like, I've got a couple more. Like, you know, you can see the percentage of the um, Kindle that you're reading at the bottom. I'm like, 2%, I could do it. <laughs> so I've just finished um, your newest book, The New Hustle. So congratulations as well on publishing a second book. Thank you. No, it's exciting. It feels like a little anticlimactic, unfortunately, because I live in Los Angeles and I was due to come out to Australia and celebrate it and, and do a big tour and the whole thing. But obviously COVID has us rearranging plans left, right and centre. But no, it's really, really exciting. And I, I've not I've not yet seen the, the book. I mean, I obviously wrote every word of it and submitted the manuscript, but I'm, I'm told there's a copy coming my way um, from Australia to America soon. So yeah, I'm, I'm just really pumped. I'm really, I'm really proud of it. I think it's really timely and it's just exciting. And if it helps, you know, hopefully it helps a bunch of people, but if it helps only a handful, that's also highly valuable. So I'm excited. And I loved how you wove in ways of working that are also kind of ways of being and it's like self-leadership I really thought in terms of the way that we show up and behave and treat others and respect ourselves and our work and how that comes through in our work as well so I really loved how you wove that through and then also your own experiences and your experiences of of launching business chicks in Northern America and what that has looked like so I'd love to dive into that with you but I thought first of all it'd be really interesting for you to share how you see purpose. I loved how you explained it in the book and I'm definitely guilty of it. And uh, it was kind of as though we can't just think out what our purpose is. We have to actually just take action and we'll figure it out. (laughs) What does that look like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think I have a little bit of a unique background in that I haven't worked for anyone else before. I mean, I I waitressed throughout high school and the five minutes that I stayed at university. And then I worked at a little recruitment company, which I went on to buy into eventually. So my experiences have been completely self-led and completely imagined up, you know, I mean, I've made everything up on the fly and I've had no, um, no precedence for how to do things, right? So I've completely been led by intuition and through, you know, absorbing the experiences of other people as well and, and certainly making sure I had great role models around me and making sure I had a ton of mentors and, and you know, I I really applied myself to learning as much as I could about entrepreneurship and small business from, you know, really the age of 19 when I, well, 18 when I started my first company. So you know, this idea of purpose and how we all kind of are made to think that you meant to sit down with an open notebook and and a pen and in the next 10 minutes, get out your purpose. Like, what is your life purpose? And, you know, get succinct and in one sentence, and then I'm going to ask you what it is. And you're meant to repeat it back to me. And it seems a little unattainable to me. And it seems- Oh, thank you. Because I've spent a lot of hours, like, trying to write it down, you know, I'm like, what is it? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's funny. You know, I I remember a time uh, we were very lucky. This is going back so many years. of him in 10, 10 years now we brought Simon Sinek out to Australia um, from yes. New York and, and it was about the time when he was promoting his first and most amazing book Start With Why and I remember having a little team workshop and, and doing the same thing as you do like sitting there <laughs> I need to know my why I need Simon tell you my why and I agonized and you know the whole thing and it's, it's it's sort of it is laughable when you think about it because life life doesn't work like that you know life doesn't work 
in this perfect order where you can, you know, sit sit down and, and think things through a lot. Everything that we do is is more than how we think. You know, it's how we feel and yeah. and what the body feels, and and it's a culmination of our experiences. So, I don't know. As I've gotten older and had my businesses for, you know, really, I'm coming on to 20 years of, of owning my own companies now. I've come to realize that we are very very hard on ourselves, and we do mm-hmm. try and push things, and we try and force things, and my kind of recipe if if anything has been to really relax into whichever stage we're at and to try and be kind to ourselves you know to try and look at ourselves uh you know like we look at kids like i i I do a lot of work with my business coach and and she says to me she holds up a mirror all the time and she's like is that you know, is that how you treat your four? Is that the advice you give to your four-year-old daughter? Like, and I'd be like, no, I'd never tell her to do that. And she's like, well, you, know, you have to treat yourself like that. So, I think this idea of of purpose, you know, if you and we talk about it a little bit in the new hustle, my 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 new book, but. I think if, you know, you sat me down 20 years ago and said, Em, you know, write out your purpose and, you know, what, what is going to be the reason for your being and the reason for this one life you have, I would never have been able to imagine what it is today, you know, because mm-hmm. it is a whole heap of, and, and it's a, some of the experiences I've had and the values that I hold true and, you know, in, in a lot of ways I'm kind of learning it. And I just believe we, we kind of stumble and you know, trip and fall into our purpose rather than it being some beautifully articulate and eloquent line that we come up with <laughs> in a cafe with a latte. It just doesn't work like that. So so if anyone's out there is struggling with their purpose in the same way you did, Emily, I mean, I just I just say, don't worry about it. Like just you, you will find it and it might take you some time to find it and that's perfectly okay. There's no rush. We don't need to rush these things. That actually leads me into something else I wanted to ask you about. It was towards the end of your book and you spoke about patience and actually how your business coach had (laughs) perhaps suggested this was something you could work on. And often as entrepreneurs, whether we're entrepreneurs um, in an organization or entrepreneurs in our own business, we want to move fast and create things. But then there also becomes a balance as well of, of having that patience. How have you found the the dance between the patience but still the momentum? And is that something you strive for? You're talking to the most, the world's most impatient person. <laughs> <laughs> and I like speed. I like things fast. I like things, and I'm not even a millennial, you know, I'm, I'm much more <laughs> than you guys. But, you know, I think that's a fundamental kind of driver of, of humanity. We like, we like mm. the instant gratification and we like to think that if we work hard, we're going to be rewarded. And we like to think that if we learn something, we can apply it straight away. I mean, I feel I've grown a tremendous amount even since putting out my first book. I feel like I've mm. grown a tremendous amount since the pandemic started. I think we yeah. all have been stretched in ways that we didn't know um, we had the capability for. So, you know, I am really sitting in that discomfort of the knowing that we can't force and that so Mm. much is out of our control, you know, and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as completely woo-woo on you because I want this to be practical and helpful for your audience because I look up to you for that. But I really think there is something to be said about being patient and and understanding that there's higher forces at play and and you can't Mm. always pick the timing of your life, you know, and, and yes, there are things that you can put your foot on the accelerator and, and, mm. you know, grow when the time is right and the resources are right and the climate is right. And, you know, right now yeah. we're all, particularly I feel for you guys in Australia, my heart breaks mm. for what's happening in Australia right now. Yeah. And, you know, I know we were in the same situation here in the U S you know, for all of last year, our, our mm. schools were closed for 13 months and I had to homeschool wow. my, my five kiddos who were school <laughs> age with a newborn, which was really great fun. Oh. But there's a delicacy to understanding when you can put your foot on the accelerator and grow and access and exploit 
what you have around you and the other times when it's kind of taken away from you and you have to go, you know yeah. what, I surrender it up to something else and I'm just going to be with this and I'm going to try mm. and take the lessons um, that are in front of me. And that certainly happened um, to me when I tried to, uh, you know, get business chicks off the ground here in North America, which um, you asked about and we've gone around in a few circles since then. But um, <laughs> re- really super, super quick backstory to that yeah. is that I bought the business chicks business, uh, gosh, please. Gosh, I don't. I should get the numbers right. But fifteen or sixteen years ago now, and it was a very, very small organization. It was really just a brand that that I bought, and they'd have small events for a couple of hundred people. And I really interrogated the business model back then and thought this is not going to work. Like from a cash flow point of view, events, by the way, is like a terrible business model. Like it's the margins are very, very skinny. (laughs) Like do not do this. (laughs) Do not do this. Take my advice. But you know, we we can have we can have two thousand people events and and not turn a profit. You know. Yeah, well, I've been to Nine to Thrive like maybe yeah. four years ago, which is when I joined Business Chicks. I was just yeah. like, this event is just oh, yeah. the energy yeah. and that, oh my gosh, that's an amazing yeah. event. We that that has about five thousand people through the doors whenever we produce it, and that that's beautiful. But so mm-hmm. I, I looked at the business model and worked out really quickly that a pure play events business was not what I wanted to do. So really mm-hmm. worked hard on developing other revenue streams and making sure that we sort of fortified ourselves so that if one revenue stream was, mm-hmm. you know, damaged, we'd be able to pick up something else, which has been, you know, I suppose pretty good foresight for what happened to us yes. in the pandemic when all live events and experiences were no longer able to be produced. So, yeah, I've really spent the last 15 years building the organisation into what it is now. It's a fantastic community for women in business, not just people who mm-hmm. run their own businesses. Mm-hmm. In fact, the majority of our members actually work for um, corporations or work for someone else. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, look, about six years ago now, I decided I wanted to play a bigger game and I wanted to take the brand to more women. And so I uprooted, if you like, yes. um, my family. Um, we had four kids at the time. We were living in Sydney, Australia, and we moved to Los Angeles, where we are now. And, you know, I really gave it a red hot go in trying to um, get the business to launch and do well here. And we, you know, we did, we had some success, you know, we signed about 4,000 members in the first six months, which was great. Um, We had some phenomenal uh, launch events in New York and LA and San Francisco. And I often say it was exactly like it is in Australia, but with American accents. And so there was a lot of, (laughs) a lot of joy from those experiences but really what it came down to is we just ran out of runway you know we I had allocated a set amount of funds for the expansion burned through those really really quickly it's very very expensive to start and scale business in America so so yeah I mean I had to look down the barrel of failing here we in the process fell in love with living here and and again the pace and the innovation of entrepreneurship and so we've morphed and that was um you know full of learning so the bit in the book that you're talking about is when my coach said to me you know it's impossible for entrepreneurs to be climbing you know the mountain of entrepreneurship all the time and it is okay to you know take stock of your failures and Mm -hmm. to rest a little bit and to recuperate and to you know really strategize what's next for you so I did Mm -hmm. that when um the business ultimately failed here and um I'm a much better entrepreneur for it and I'm a much um mm. I was going to say I'm much more patient I'm not that much more patient but I, <laughs> but I have definitely taken lessons from that and um I, I think it's something that we can all learn from you know we don't we can't always be climbing at the same at the same pace that we're used to and and again yeah. these last 18 months of have really taught us that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I read your um the article about you in the Age Good Weekend. But yeah, that did speak about the expansion and um and also uh what really struck me in that uh article was also around how you didn't want to let the community down and you wanted to show that anything was possible. And I can imagine that that is 
a kind of a role and responsibility that you you kind of take seriously and and you you take to heart I feel it very very deeply I feel you know it, it is my responsibility as a as a leader of you know whether I like it or not but I'm you know the leader of one of the largest networks for women in Australia so I do take the responsibility of trying to be a role model you know really I feel it at the cellular level and um it's a whole journey to you know, try work on my leadership to step into what's possible for me and, and to have myself continue to grow in the same way I want our members to continue to grow. And it's been interesting, to, you know, growing business chicks over these years because I've always felt, not the weight, it's not the weight, but I've, I've felt that I've had this grandstand of women who are, you know, we're, we're all in this together. And, you know, if I can be successful, maybe I can share that with some people. And if you can be successful, maybe you can give some of that to me. And like, it, it's this real this sense of community so can much really power. carry us, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so so when, you know, I, I know that so many of our members are really cheering us on to do really well in North America. And, and so many, we had about 80 Australian members come across for the launch in oh New York, which God. was just, yeah, it was crazy. Oh. It was so beautiful. <laughs> and we, we just had the best time. We had the best couple of days. You know, we, we had lunch. I think Rachel Zoe was the speaker there. And we all, you know, yeah. we went out that night and had a celebration. And it was just, it was just beautiful. So, yeah, I, I still to this day take that responsibility really seriously and, and um, you know, try and, remind myself that that's um you know that's the gig I've I've got to keep not pushing myself but I've got to keep stretching myself so that hopefully someone will take something from that and and you know not just be inspired but will also find the courage to take risks in the same way I have and and know that like it's not always going to work out and it probably isn't going to work out and but I'm still standing and I'm fine and I think it's different here. You know, there's a real cultural comfort with failure. There's there's not that comfort in Australia. You know, we're, we're good at truth-telling. We're good at telling the truth and being honest, but we're not good at, um, yeah, admitting that we don't know things. And, yeah, yeah I don't know, there's, this, there's a different level of risk-taking that I've found between, um, you know, the American business culture and the Australian business culture. So, I yeah, I just, again, want to encourage people, like, yeah give it a go and you're going to fail and it's totally fine and you will at some point land on your feet. I just, yeah, I believe that. One of my favourite lines in the book was, let me just find it here. It was when you wrote, sometimes our fear of pissing people off keeps us suffering in situations we don't want to be in anymore because I've done this and I, I just, I'm like, oh, that's what it is, Emily. That's what it is. So can you talk to us about this and really Apart from if money's run out, and you shared another example of um, a part of the business that you you were like, right, this isn't working for us anymore around one of your programs. What What's your advice for those listening around? Perhaps there's something that makes sense financially, but it's not aligned with them anymore, or they don't really love it anymore, or they're just, but there's the fear, which I can certainly resonate with around, but what if people get annoyed if I take this away? Or what if people get upset or pissed off? Or, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, again, I think I really kind of flex that muscle over the last five or six years of being here, right? And and you've got to, you've got to take a bit of a long-term view of your life and your business and your career, right? And you've got to understand that these are just moments in time and, you know, please God, you're going to have a very, very long and successful career in entrepreneurship or whatever you choose to do, right? So I think for me it comes back to, and we talk about this quite a bit in the book as well, it's being really, really clear on what your values are and it's about being values-led, okay? And 
money is not a core value, right? So you need to get really, really clear on that. It's a byproduct of whatever you do in your business with your programming, you know, whatever that, that equates to, but it's really, really clear. And I, and I, I have been sent sort of off course or off center when I've deviated from my values, you know, and, and again, we talk about in the book, it's, it's one of these things you, you kind of, a lot of people roll their eyes and go, Oh, values. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my values. I know what I stand for. That's all good. But a lot of people don't really, really, really understand what they stand for, you know? And so with the program and, and the bit in the book, the book you're talking about, like you said, it was a very profitable endeavor for us. You know, it was working well, but we were finding that it was getting out of alignment with what was important to us. So what mattered? And I have just taken the view that if you are out of alignment with what's important to you and what matters to you, then nothing else matters, right? And and I also take the view that it's going to come crashing down or, or you know <laughs> crumbling down around you in some way that's out of your control. So I, I think I think it is just about understanding that if if it doesn't feel right, like if you kind of like, oh, there's something icky here, there's something that's not. I, I I might not be able to name it, I might not be able to place it, but you know, it's 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 on my mind, and I'm, I, I don't know what it is, but you know, you're dancing with the fear of, but hang on a minute, like if I don't have this product or I don't have this program or I don't have this service, then how am I going to be able to supplement that revenue? Mm. I just think you, you can do nothing out of alignment with what's important mm. to you. So. You know, it's really, really important for anyone who's in business to check in with that all the time and be asking the question, like, does this feel right? You know, can I sleep well about this at night? When I put my head on the pillow, do I, am I worried about it? And in that instance for us, we just knew that it wasn't, um, it it started off out feeling great. It was all right, but it deteriorated into something that didn't feel right. So for me, the money is secondary to, you know, being completely values led and standing Mm. for something and, you know, making it very, very clear that, you won't stand for certain behaviours and you won't stand for, yeah, when, when things are out of alignment. And mm. I think we forget that too easily because, you know, a lot of us have fear around money and a lot of us have fear around, but what if? And, you know, I will be nothing without that, but you will. You'll rebuild and you'll find something else. And, and it's just really important to do that, you know, against making decisions against a set of rules that are important to you. And that's different for you, Emily, as it is to me, as is to any of your listeners, but it's just checking in and getting back to what really matters and, and what's important. Absolutely. And I think it is that continuous checking in because things change and we can change and what we used to want can also change and we want different things. And um, it's really having, I think, that courage to kind of say, okay, yeah, things are maybe different now. And I, I, I have that, but I don't want that anymore. And the even just daring to think that we could we could even have something different or something more is just, um, yeah, it's pretty powerful. So Emma, what are you working on now? What's kind of keeping you busy at the moment? You've got your book coming out. What what else is in store for you with uh, with projects or things you're working on? We're still in a little bit of crisis management at the moment. You know, we um, entered into the pandemic at Business Chicks, really having to sit down and um, not just look at how we're going to survive and, you know, make money and still be in business and still be standing whenever all was said and done. But we really were clear on, you know, who do we want to be seen as during this time? Like, how do we want to show up for our community? What do we want people to say about us, you know, when all this is over? So we've really been working on, you know, making sure that we're being valuable and of service to, you know, our members. And that's been really, really good. It's meant um, completely taking all our offline events and putting them into a huge program of digital events so um, many oh my <laughs> gosh it's incredible I know it's it has amazing. been it has been a lot and it has been wonderful and it has 
you know, really had its ebbs and flows at, at the beginning. You know, there was so much uptake and everyone was really, really um, keen and appreciative and, and, you know, that has gone, as I said, up and down since then. Yeah. But, you know, that that's okay. We, we again, take the line that if we are being of service to, um, you know, a percentage of our members and that's a really, really good thing. So, yeah, where my CEO is back, she's been on um, parenting leave for the last little oh. while, so she's back in the seat, which is fantastic for me. So um, I just love watching her lead and, and strategize and come up with new initiatives. But, you know, we're, we're a little bit holding our breath as to when, you know, live events are going to come back. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, I feel grateful that we did spend the first 15 years of building our business to, to yeah. really, as I said, fortify it and make sure that we had a solid base and solid infrastructure mm-hmm. and a really good leadership team and really good managers. So that's really gotten us through the pandemic. But, you know, for me now, it's all about this this little new book that's coming out. And, um, you know, I want to get it into the hands of as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, my first book did really, really well, it was the highest selling um, business biography in Australia in 2018 and, and oh, the incredible. highest selling international one apart from Elon Musk beat me. So, Damn, <laughs> um, Elon. Damn, I know. <laughs> um, so you can't really compete there. But, yeah, I just I think it's a really valuable resource for, mm-hmm. for anyone, you know, whether you're running your own show or, or working for someone else. So I'm really trying to get it out into as many people's hands as the people who need it right like it's it's about i really hope the message yeah. resonates with anyone who's who needs to hear it so um mm. that's what i'm working on right now and you know it's summer here in the u.s which is great i just got all my um please come on no 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 i'm, I'm too sorry. jealous here in melbourne you, know, <laughs> terrible. you guys are in lockdown and it's winter um you know life is it's pretty much resumed to normal here so um yeah. that's been really lovely but yeah more of the same you know we're on a really good thing with business chicks and we're impacting a lot of lives and we just want to do more of that work Mm -hmm. and um yeah be there for amazing women like you because you're a business chicks member and i appreciate that so yeah just more more of the same absolutely now i i am going to wrap up but i just wanted to ask one last question and that is around how do you define a leader and leadership obviously the the book has many themes of leadership and, yeah. and I don't want to call it case studies, but really anecdotes and stories of people who I believe are leaders, you know, and I, I really fundamentally believe that leadership lives in all of us, you know, whether it's mm. you've activated it, whether you've woken it up yet, whether you believe it to be so, but, you know, there is a leader within all of us. And, you know, I take myself back to, you know, what I was like as a kid, you know, as a seven-year-old, I used to get all the kids in my street together and I'd get them into my backyard and I'd stand on a milk crate and I'd say, okay, everyone go and borrow some money from your parents. And they put in the money and then I'd go and buy all the chocolates and lollies and I'd repackage them and sell them back to the parents. So, you know, like <laughs> those sort of themes of, of being a leader were, were, you know, innate in me from a very, very young age. And, and that's not to say everyone has a story like that, but, you know, our childhood gives us great clues as to, um, you know, what our leadership looks like. But really for me, leadership is things like, you know, going first, you know, we do these amazing mm. leadership and immersion programs um, when we're allowed to, you know, to places like India and Bangladesh and Africa. Mm. And, and we always say, you know, a leader is the person in the group that gets up and dances, you know, in these little villages. Like we, we're always greeted with music and, you know, a, a leader is the first person to sort of go out there to the group and start dancing. You know, it's it's um, that's leadership in action. Um, a leader is a person who is willing to put up their hand and ask the question that no one else is willing to ask. Mm. A leader is someone 
someone who isn't scared of making fun of themselves and looking silly. A leader is a person who yeah, has, has the courage to, to ask and to do things that no one else is doing. So it's really about how do you, yeah, how do you take that deep breath and put your hand up and ask for what you want and ask for the thing that no one else is asking for. And I think it shows up as curiosity. I think it shows up as, you know, asking a ton of questions and, again, not being scared to look silly. I've always been the person who asks <laughs> a, a billion questions and, um, you know, and, and and that's great. I think that's what leadership is. I think, you know, we've all been in a situation where we've been around a big boardroom table and, you know, I'll be the one to ask a question and then someone give the, gives the answer and everyone writes it down and you think, like, you, you all didn't know the answer. Yeah. Like, but, you know, I was the one who asked the question. So... You know, you don't wake up one one day and you discover it. it. It really, if you're committed to growing and stretching and um, you know showing up for other people, then leadership is a life lifelong journey. You know, and it's it's also about having the guts to talk about things that scare you, and it's about having the you know courage to have tough conversations, which we go into a little bit in, in the book. And I think it's also just about being being able to look in the mirror. Like leadership is about being able to look in the mirror and going, okay, what what is my part to play in this and what am I responsible for here and how do I want to be seen and how do I want to grow? And and I think if you can have that introspection and that self-reflection, then that that's ultimately leadership, you know, because the, the, the world's best leaders are the ones who are vulnerable and open to learning and are curious and are inquisitive. And, um, you know, I, I see it with the people that I'm blessed to spend time with. You know, I've, I've definitely been able to, walk alongside some pretty extraordinary business people through my work at Business Chicks. And, and you know, I, I see it. I see it in people like Branson who sits there and writes down copious amounts of notes when he hears a speaker in front of him. And I've yeah. seen him at dinner with Ariana Huffington when she's quizzing someone and asking questions about yeah. whatever the topic is, you know. So it's this, it's a lifelong journey. We, we just don't wake up and go, ah, I'm a great leader, you know. And I, I still have so far to go in my leadership journey. You know, I feel like you sort of get a grip on it. And you go, yeah, I'm good. Then you're like, oh, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and that's that's beautiful. That's kind of humbling and um to circle back to where we started, it's it's humbling and and it's wonderful if you can just relax into the idea that you don't have all the answers and that you know yeah. you're figuring it out as much as I'm figuring it out. And there's a beauty in that vulnerability of just being kind to ourselves and admitting you don't have the knowledge or the answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a long, <laughs> really long-winded answer to a beautiful question. I'm sorry, oh, Emily. <laughs> so good, and you you provided so many great tools and and examples in the book. And we actually, your team have given us some uh, copies to give away, so I'll give all the listeners the details. But thank you so much for joining me. It's been so great to chat with you, and I can't wait till I can come to a business and chicks event in the flesh. I know <laughs> it'll happen soon. I'm, I'm crossing all my fingers and toes. And it's going to happen soon but listen I really appreciate you I appreciate your time and um, it's beautiful been beautiful talking with you so thank you Emily thank you so much this episode is brought to you by my free online masterclass why your marketing isn't making you sales and what to do about it you'll learn how to get heard and seen in this noisy online world and stop being invisible how to fill your audience with the right people. People who will love your content and will actually buy your products, services, or programs. And how to consistently turn your followers into raving customers without being fake or salesy. This free masterclass is perfect if you're about to launch your business or you're a small business owner. 
Register now at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. That's emilyosmond.com forward slash free. And remember, until next time, connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.